the network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. Welcome to XR Star, your monthly podcast where we talk all things extended reality and metaverse. I'm your host, futurist Amelia Coleman. Welcome to 2023. Will this be the year of the smart glasses? According to McKinsey, for industries such as manufacturing, healthcare, retail, education, construction, and transportation, the answer is yes. These industries in particular have a high proportion of deskless workers who can greatly benefit from keeping their heads up and hands free while still accessing information and support. In healthcare, for instance, the speed of receiving information is crucial to successful outcomes, with delays in treatment equaling the difference between life and death. Using smart glasses, doctors, nurses, and surgeons can access seamless, instant, see-what-I-see communication among everyone involved. In manufacturing, smart glasses help speed up production, increase compliance with protocols, and reduce training times by providing hands-free instructional support right in your worker's field of view. For companies who provide on-site services, maintenance, and support, augmented reality smart glasses are helping their field technicians to connect to AI databases and remote specialists, providing them with heads-up, hands-free support and training that improves overall productivity and safety. One innovation we saw in 2022 was teleconferencing coming to AR glasses that allow you to start or join meetings with face-to-face or see-what-I-see video and screen sharing. As I record this at CES 2023 in Las Vegas, Smart Glasses industry leader Vuesix is showcasing their cutting-edge range of lightweight smart glasses, setting a new precedence in AR headset design. To tell us more, I am thrilled to be joined by Jonathan Nelson, Strategic Sales Manager at Vuzix Corporation. Welcome, Jonathan. Hi, Amelia. Thank you so much for joining me. So just to begin, can you share a bit about your background and what led you to where you are today? Of course. Um, So I joined Vuzix around about six months ago. Um, I was uh, brought into the company to basically help with the the sales side of things for the EMEA region. It's a real focus area for the company right now, obviously being a US-based company. um, We've delivered some fantastic um, opportunities over the last few years from the European region, and it's definitely something that's going from strength to strength. Um, So for me, it was was something, a, a really good opportunity to jump into a new technology. Prior to this, I've worked mainly around the smartphone space. I've worked for a number of smartphone manufacturers. I've worked for a couple of the um, networks as well. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I've always been in that technology space, um, but it was quite nice to jump into a technology that's really at the forefront. Absolutely. And can you tell us a bit more about Vuesix and how it's different from other XR hardware manufacturers? Sure, yeah, of course. Um, so, I mean, Vuzix is a pioneer in wearable computing, augmented reality, optics, and display engines. 
and they've been delivering you know solutions like this to clients for over 25 years um music's smart glasses are very much known to be uh, kind of the perfect balance between performance and comfort it's you know you put on a pair of music's glasses and they really do feel quite natural to wear um, versus some of the other things that are out there in the marketplace so you know if we take things like um, our blades 2 for example these ones here you know nice and simple it's a pair of glasses you put them on and all of a sudden you have assisted reality right in front of your eyes so they are really really straightforward simple um, to understand and for people to really engage and and and, and work with um, it's also a, a big thing I think probably the big thing about musics the, the 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 result these the products we produce are the result of extensive research design and development by our team everything is designed developed and manufactured in the US um, we have a facility there in Rochester New York um, which is you know really the home of optics um, so it, it's something which people recognize what we do people see what we do we've been doing it for 25 years now um, and it is very much um, something where people people see that and, and, and have embraced that technology from us that's amazing I had no idea that the company was that old that's amazing it surprises many yeah I recently got to try the musics blade 2 and I can attest that it is really lightweight and comfortable and actually kind of stylish, may I even say, which is a huge innovation in this industry, if you are familiar with um, with smart glasses to begin with, you know. So I wanted to ask you also, I saw that Musics have introduced the Ultra Light, which is making its debut right now at CES 2023, and it's already won the prestigious Innovation Award. Congratulations. And can you tell us a bit about these products and how they are different from previous models and what some of their new capabilities offer? Yeah, sure, absolutely. So I think, you know, let, yeah, let, let's start with the ultralight there. So this is, um, you know, a new, a new product uh, or a new range, which we're kind of launching. Um, it's the, 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 the kind of idea behind the ultralight is for it to become it, it, it's a fashion forward device it's a fashion focused device so um whereas as you say you know uh, uh, the blade smart glasses are quite stylish these are really trying to actually tap into that fashion um side of the marketplace and and be be more fashion than form uh, or you know the, the, the requirement um you know we're, we're taking they've been designed specifically for the broader consumer markets um, and we've taken our monocular waveguide optics and custom micro display engine to sort of work and create a crisp, transparent image to, to, to then um, deliver all of the information from a user's smartphone or a smartwatch in a hands-free way right in front of their eyes. So it, it's, it's taking, taking that next level. People started on a phone, then they moved to a watch, and now we're saying, look, put it in front of your eyes, have it right there where you need it but in a very, very stylish form factor. And also, can you speak a bit about the Blade 2? Yeah, of course, absolutely. So Blade 2, as, as its name implies, is an, is an update or an evolution of the previous Blade 1 that had been in the marketplace now for about four years. Um, it's been a very, very successful product uh, for Vuzix. As I said, it's very much pick up, play, put it straight on, and, and it works out of the box without any real you know, need to... 
adjust and tweak and, and fiddle around with settings like you have to do on, on you know even some of our other smart glass products um we, we essentially we updated pretty much every aspect of it so whilst it looks exactly the same from the outside um we put a new chipset in there we increased the battery capacity um we updated the most important update was we updated it from android 5 to android 11 um so Blade one had unfortunately fallen behind the times on that, but Blade, you know, Blade two's brought right up um, to, to to date with Android eleven. Um, it's still the same kind of weight, um, but we added some more memory to it. As I say, we upgraded the chipset, um, and um, but we kept all of the key things that were important to people before. So um, they are safe. They're certified safety glasses, safety rated glasses, which was really really important for people using them. And we've also kept the ability to insert a prescription lens. So for glasses wearers who want to use these, we can manufacture a prescription insert for them, which they pop in and will be exactly their prescription. So they can take off their normal glasses, pop on the Vuzix smart glasses, do the work they need to do, um, and still have exactly the same vision that they're used to. Very cool. And one thing that has always impressed me about Vuzix is that from very early on, this is a company that has identified a specific customer and specific industries that this technology would really benefit. And with this last year, we saw Meta kind of trying to pivot from a consumer market into a more commercial market. But with the ultralight, is this Vuzix kind of maybe expanding into more of a consumer market? So yeah, so absolutely. Um we still have a very, very central focus on that enterprise side of the marketplace. Our products are used in a number of industries um, and, and very much that is, that is the core of our business. But, you know, it's always consumer is, is, is both um, a key market to be attacking, but also, you know, it's a difficult one. Consumers are a fickle bunch, as we well know. And, and many a company over the years has fallen foul of changes in fashion or preferences. Um, you know, there's some pretty well documented cases over the years of that. So I think for us, this is it, it's it's something we're going to be embracing. It's something we have developed a product for. Um, how mainstream the adoption will become, we will see on that one. But yeah, absolutely, we. You know, we, we need to be aware and we need to be playing across all of the spaces. Well, one thing I've always kind of said is that I think with this adoption through industry, through people's profession, through their office, through their work, then it becomes normalized and people recognize the benefits, recognize how easy it is. So then in their home life or in their, you know, everyday life outside of the office, they maybe start to think, oh, like I missed that. Or, you know, I could really see a benefit for that in my day-to-day -day life. And yeah. I'm wondering, you know, which industries do you think are going to kind of benefit the most from incorporating augmented reality into their long-term strategies? And ultimately, how might this adoption change the future of those industries? So I think we've already seen that happen in a big way in some of the industries we play in. Um, I mean, if we if we take medical, for example, that's a huge industry for music and something which we've, you know, we, we, we seem to perform very well in. Um, you know, we've got um, music glasses being used in intensive care units where the staff can share a live video and the test results with an attending physician who can 
then you know evaluate that patient's condition they can provide some instructions and all from a location pretty much anywhere in the world and in real time um you know operating theaters is a massive one the whole assisted surgeries that's that's a really really big one for us and one we're seeing huge growth in so you know medical is absolutely massive and, and i think that's only going to grow you know there's it's big in private practice at the moment but it's going to happen more and more and more the ability for very experienced people to be able to support in real time seeing exactly what someone you know a junior surgeon can see and being able to help them and, and therefore eliminate potentially life-threatening mistakes is a massive massive thing and i think all of us would feel happier knowing that we've got one of the world's top surgeons watching a surgery taking place on us um, by you know uh, another surgeon mm -hmm. You know, even if they're not there, you know, it's we're all going to sleep a little bit more comfortably. That if if that was the if that's a benefit we can personally we can gain from. Um, but it's you know it's not just that. There's um, you know field force. I think that's something we're seeing loads of growth at the moment. Right now, if you're at home and you're you know something breaks in your home and appliance, an engineer comes out, can't fix it, um, doesn't really know what you know, maybe hasn't been trained on that particular model or something. If they can pop a pair of glasses on, dial into one of the more experienced engineers or a central control room and have that person then talk them through repairing that appliance, you're happier as a customer because they fixed it first time. But then also the company has saved money on not having somebody else have to come back out, not having to go back for a second visit. The customer services, uh, customer satisfaction is better. Um, you know, it's, it's a really, really big deal. And and it's something that for most companies pays for itself very, very quickly. Um, you know, and we've got loads of examples of these, you know, where, where we've got these types of installations. You know, warehousing logistics is another one. How many times have you received a package and it's got the wrong thing in it um, or, or a bit missing or something like that? Having remote picking software or, or sorry, um, uh, digital picking software, sorry, you can then have a very, very completely untrained person essentially given a pair of glasses, sent off into the warehouse and be guided all around the warehouse, picking out everything that needs to be picked, taking it to where it needs to go, all just with, um, in their eye, completely hands-free, all that information being provided to them. Um, you know, it's the, the benefits are huge. And I think as this adoption rate increases, we're going to just see so many more benefits. And, and hopefully for us as people at the end of the supply chains, um, a much better experience as customers. One of the things that occurred to me when you were speaking just then was um, that idea about the remote assistance. And as somebody who just had a radiator explode in my house, I was just thinking if I could pop on a pair of smart glasses and have somebody walk me through how to fix that, that would be great for me. That would be great for the company and the customer service. Um, I look forward to <laughs> that potential in the future. Um, we have stopped the water falling through the living room. It has been repaired. So thank you. <laughs> it happened right before Christmas, of course, you know, but yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you too about, um, about remote working uh, because Something that fascinates me is the ability to do 
the conferences, like similar to what we're doing kind of right now, but with the smart glasses and how that can open up new possibilities. What are some of the the use cases and how are people um, using smart glasses in in the workplace and how is this influencing remote working? One of the biggest ones, as I mentioned before, is, a, is about engineers and, and support staff being able to help less experienced people with first time fix. That is something that is very, very real. We are seeing that, um, you know, uh, all over the world um, happening. To your point um, just now about being able to pop on a pair of glasses yourself to do something, we actually have um, a customer who, who now they sell very, very, very large pieces of industrial equipment and they send out glasses. They, whenever you buy one of their pieces of equipment, they now sell, they, they include a pair of glasses with it so that they're on the machine, they're there, plugged in, charged, ready to go. And then if something goes wrong, whoever walks up to it can pop on a pair of glasses, be connected to uh, the support centre, and they can then hopefully resolve what needs to be done. And that's not just for fixes, that's for education, for training, for how do I do this, um, operational uh, benefits, so that, you know, less workplace accidents. So, you know, that's, that's some, you know, exactly to your point there, that is already that type of thing happening. And I think as we adopt it more into ourselves, and yeah, we will have them at home and be able to say, oh, actually, can you talk me through this? Because right now you're taking photos with your phone, you're sending them off on email, you're waiting for them to come back. It's not real time. You read the instructions, you don't know what they're talking about. I'll oh, just send an engineer, please. I'm never going to get this. Um, so yeah, so that's the, that, that's kind of a big thing. Um, you know, there's there's lots of case studies on our website. You know, we've done some really, really good stuff with um, FedEx, for example. Um, so FedEx wanted to um, to use us for uh, what they call so it's vision picking. So when they've got their warehousing for staff, they have um, checklists, pick information, and also video recording of their people going about doing their job, so that they can also um, either do live auditing or they can do remote, you know, go back and do video auditing. In the same way that you have often, you know, this phone call will be recorded for training purposes seeing a person doing their job and having that recorded going back to say actually here's where the error happened we can see what happened can then help educate that member of staff and, and you know kind of help them improve things um so you know that's something which fedex have, have, have taken on board and, and using our glasses for you know, live in the world one use case i read recently was that there's some security companies and 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 policing around the world who are starting to use smart glasses with image recognition. So if um, if if one of the top 10 most wanted criminals walks by, the glasses can actually identify them and alert them to that. And to me, like, while that's really fascinating and interesting, of course, it brings up, you know, questions around data and security and those kind of things and wondering what are the kind of concerns you're seeing in these areas and how is the industry addressing that? From what we see, you know, back into the early days of, of Google Glass, where that all of a sudden fired up all manner of privacy and security concerns and people, you know, kind of being concerned about being filmed and being videoed. Um, you know, we have a, you know, we have a lot of things built into our device to make it very, very clear when someone is being recorded, there's a big bright red light. So all of that type of thing can be seen. Um, I actually was wearing a pair of the, the Blade 2s while I was walking around um, the Jitex exhibition recently. Um, and, and there was one particular booth where they were doing some stuff and 
and you know, I kind of walked on Twitter just to let you know I'm just recording this. Um, and to be honest, that itself created quite a buzz. You know, straight away, people were like, okay, we've, you're not walking around with a camera. You know, normally everyone in these events is walking around with a, a phone on a stabilizer or something like that to do the filming. So they were all quite fascinated that I was filming on the glasses, and obviously everyone wanted to have a go and try it out and see what I could see and everything else. Um, but so, you know, we, we do try and cover it in that way. Um, I think data um, with our devices, you know, we, we take security very, very seriously. Um, we have a lot of onboard processing on our devices. Um, you know, there is a lot that can be done with the devices isolated from the internet. So you don't need to be connected to the internet to run a lot of the stuff on our devices. We have onboard um, hard drives where you can, you know, download an application and run run a lot of it from there. Obviously, for things like the remote assist, you do need to be connected to the internet. But, you know, we use um, Qualcomm chipsets in our devices. Um, you know, we have Secure Boot, Trust Zone, Qualcomm Trusted Execution Environment, and Secure File Systems. A lot of the voice processing we do is all done on board on our devices. We've got full disk encryption. Um, you know, our, our devices are not... We're very, very conscious of, of our devices not being a backdoor into any particular uh, ecosystem that they might be operating within. And obviously, being in the enterprise space, security is a big deal with our customers. So, um, but we've done work with um, data um, data houses. So the um, uh, trying to think what the word would be now, but the the may have to edit this bit um the companies where uh, the big sort of data storage companies your, your giant server um, that, that are like fort Knox to get into um you know we have people using those to do maintenance in those sites so you know obviously for them security is a huge concern and that is something where you know our devices do tick all of the boxes for their their requirements for for hardware yeah data centers one of the things that I'm noticing is when we used to talk about new technologies, you know, everything kind of had their own box and kind of fit into their own silo. And now more and more, these technologies are becoming intertwined. So for instance, that example about using AI facial recognition along with XR technologies. Um, so there's this kind of fear that some people have that AI is going to replace us. Um, you know, people could maybe say the same thing with um, with XR and integrating these together. Do you see these innovations resulting in a need for less people? Or do you think that human oversight is going to become more important moving forward? So I think the key thing when it comes to Vuzix products, because it, you know, it is obviously a very valid concern. We very much are more about enhancing human interaction and supporting human interaction rather than replacing it. Um, our goal is to try and make people more efficient. That is essentially what most of our products enable. If, if you take the warehouse pickers, you know, being able to take a seasonal worker, equip them with a pair of glasses and have them working almost efficiently as someone who's maybe worked in that company for, for 10 years, that's huge to the company. That helps make them more efficient. Um, that might potentially mean they need slightly less seasonal workers, but you know, it's not about replacing, it's just about augmenting those people and, and you know, giving them additional capabilities to perform to the very best of their ability. Um, you know, it's 
it's enhancing on the job training so it's it's taking people as i say who are quite green who are quite new giving them the confidence to be able to go out there and tackle these jobs and learn these jobs without having to watch somebody else do it they've, they've got somebody else effectively watching them over the shoulder but from wherever they are in the world so yeah so so for us we are definitely all about the human overseer for sure um you know that is a big part of what we are we're enabling um but definitely not replacing people that's you know that, that's a big big thing for us and i loved what you were talking about before when um you mentioned going around the different um conferences with the glasses on and recording i think about i i do many conferences and often I got my phone out and I have, you know, my coat in one hand and I'm a microphone in another hand and just, um, and what a pain that is. Um, does, I guess I want to know a bit more about that specific experience of recording. Does it also pick up sound? How does it know when to start recording and to stop recording? Just what does that look like? So in that particular instance, I was just using the standard video recorder software on the soft on on the device. But obviously, you know, our devices run Android, so any Android application, any recording software for Android, um, can can be installed onto the devices. It might need some customization in order to make it smart glass compatible. Obviously, we don't have a touch screen for input. We have touch pads on the side. We have voice that we can use um, to to uh, to, to interact with the glasses. So sometimes a, an app will need some tweaking, but essentially, you know, what any software that is already in the marketplace is software that can be utilized on these glasses. So um, it, it's, it's quite open, you know, the, the hardware is the platform that is enabling this, um, you know, I'm completely hands-free. As you say, I'm, I can carry my coat in relative ease, I can have my bag there, I'm not having to carry the phone. I, I, you know, you can put the map. So I had a, you know, I also had a PDF of the, um, uh, a PDF of the exhibition up on the glasses. So I could then walk around seeing where I'm going and I'm, I'm able to then see what I'm doing. I'm not bumping into people. Um, so it's, it's, it, it kind of enabled me to be less of a danger to people who are, who are, you know, other people in the conference. Um, so yeah, so, you know, that, you know, it's, it's, it's not that revolutionary in fairness. It's it's kind of just taking it our eyes off of the phone in front of us, putting the information right in front of your eye here, so you can look at the wider world, have your hands free, and and, and be more interactive. Um, it can also be more distracting. You know, if you get a message pop up in your eye, um, you know, as much as you now see people looking at their smartwatches these days rather than looking at their phone. Um, it is popping up in your eyes, so you can obviously lose lose the train of thought with somebody that way. But yeah, it's um, it's you know it, it is just um, you know it, it, it's software enabled on that one. Do you see a future where smart glasses might actually come to replace the phone or the smartwatch, or do you think we'll be using different um, appliances for different applications? It's a really interesting one. I think there's a lot of people within this space absolutely feel that the smartphone has had its time and that this is definitely the way forward from that in that instance. Um, it's a really tough one. We'll, the smartphone, I think, has become so, so integrated into us as, as people now. You know, it's, it's there's kids as young as 
three and four that are you know just automatically and um, just just intuitively uh, interacting with a smartphone. It's so easy for them to pick up now. Um, moving it to there, I think a lot of functions people would happily move off of their screens into their eye line. Um, in maps, you know, if you're walking around, I know that Google has obviously recently implemented the the kind of augmented view onto Google Maps where you can just put big huge arrows on the pavement to see where you're going. Being able to have that just in your eye line, again, takes your eye off your phone, even if you're looking through it as a viewfinder, you're still looking through the screen. So I think being able to have that in your eye line and walk around, not feel like a tourist in your own town or in a strange town, um, you know, there's definite benefits there. But it's it's a real tough one to call out that it will definitely replace the smartphone. I, I think there'll always be a, a place to be able to kind of ping out something on your phone. But yeah, I think for trying to reduce your interactions with the device and move as many as you can to this, definitely. I also like the idea of sort of being able to move between interfaces like channels. So for instance, you can just have clear glasses or you can augment them, or you might want to go even more immersive um, or overlay AI software, this kind of stuff. But being able to kind of pick and choose as you go throughout your day, I think is quite nice. So you can choose not to have any augmentation or to have extreme augmentation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, it definitely will be horses for courses, as they say. So I think I originally met Vuzix at CES 2018, I believe. And right now, currently in Vegas, CES is actually starting tomorrow. Any predictions on the trends that we can expect to see launched in XR this year? I, I think for our industry and for our space, I think probably... As the, as the exposure is growing around smart glasses, as more people are getting involved, you mentioned Meta earlier, there's some big names starting to really um, talk and, and discuss this space a lot more. I, I think probably what we're expecting to see is a wider adoption from companies and individuals outside of the traditional verticals that we've played in. Um, you know, the, the obvious ones that I mentioned before, like medical and, and, and so on, are, are very much an easy, easy adoption um, for this type of product. But I definitely think there will be some some people starting to look at this and go. And I know I've had conversations already with people saying, I don't exactly know how I'm going to use this, but I really feel like it can add something to the business. Or I really think we should be looking at this technology to adopt it. So. I think definitely we're going to start seeing it, it start to push outside of the, the the traditional channels. So looking at the bigger picture of XR for a minute, what is your biggest fear for the future of this industry and what is your biggest hope? Fears and hopes. Um, I think probably um, when it comes to fears, I would say my biggest one would be that there is a post-pandemic return of bad habits. So the, the pandemic for all of the, you know, horrible, horrible things that it, it brought to this world, there was a huge step change in working culture. Um, and, you know, there's obviously 
two very different schools of thought on this one. Some do consider the the change to be a negative one and has, has removed human elements, interactions, etc. But a lot of people have really embraced this this change, you know, this ability to be able to work remotely, to be able to 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 work smarter and more efficiently from wherever you are in the world. You don't have to, you know, work is no longer or doesn't always have to be where you go. It's what you do a lot more. So for me, um, my, my fear is that people don't start to look at these technologies and think, how can we, how can we utilize this more? How can we embrace it in our business? How can we take what we've experienced and, and where we've got to and take it to that next level and, and really smarten up our workforce for using technology? So that's probably, and I guess that's probably therefore my hope as well, is that actually the companies do embrace this. Um, there's there's so many benefits that can come from you know adding smart technology to your workforce beyond just smart glasses. There's so many applications, so many things that that come out of um, you know bad situations like this. That you know I, I really do hope that these companies that they they take it and run with it basically. And is the infrastructure there to support mass adoption? I know we've had lots of talks about 5G for years, it seems like, and um, and some places are still waiting for it. Is that necessary? Do you think um, that the infrastructure is is in place or is it? Um, do we still have a ways to go before it can support mass adoption of, of this new appliance? I think it's a hundred percent there already. You know, we we work with a number of partners, and and there is some phenomenal connectivity equipment out there, where you can you know just have a a very small briefcase or a very small case that has um, a router in it with you know connectivity to to just four G, you know, good old fashioned four G um, that you know will is is powered and will run for a couple of days or a week even with the batteries that are on board in these devices. And all you need to do is it creates a hotspot that you connect your glasses to with a with a quick scan of a QR code, and away you go. You are mobile working from from anywhere. And I think the four G network generally is is pretty good in most places. Five G, yes, there's probably some way to go, um, but you know. We, we we find our customers are utilizing 4G connectivity, either Wi-Fi or LTE, um, with absolutely no problems at all. You know, it's it's you know, if you're in a building, you connect to Wi-Fi. If you're out and about, you can hotspot off your mobile phone. Um, you know, data allowances are fairly plentiful now, particularly for enterprise customers. So, it, you know, I don't think there's anything holding back the adoption other than people looking at it and going how can we use this in our business how can this benefit our our customers and our people and are you starting to see people building augmented experiences that are geolocated that are rooted to um, certain locations i'm thinking specifically of this kind of race we're seeing between microsoft and meta to map the outside world so that when you are walking down the street you know, you look at a building and there's an augmented facade to it or something like that. Is this a trend that you're starting to see companies take seriously? It's not something that the people I've been speaking to are kind of bringing up. Um, I think for us, as I said, we're, we're very much about, you know, kind of the assisted reality, the kind of bringing 
bringing the see what I see to other people. That that's kind of more where we're playing. And you know, the hardware platform to an extent can support some of that augmentation and and you know, if there's the software and, and the application available to install, we can obviously utilize some of that. But I think with our devices, they are slightly less immersive than that and, and kind of very much bringing, you know, as I say, it's, it's, it's that sharing of information and, and the ability to pop information into the, into the eyeline of the, of the wearer. That's kind of more where we're, we're driving towards at the moment. Obviously, with future iterations of our devices, with you know, where the road as the roadmap develops, as we start to increase field of vision, so uh, the Vuzik Shield product uses a binocular display, um, so it, it, it's it's a screen in either eye that then you know your 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 brain and eyes very cleverly knit into one nice big central screen, and you end up with a much much bigger real estate than say for example on the Blade, which is uh, monocular. So you know, as that develops we will definitely be able to do, you know, more with it and, and definitely bring that those elements in. Very cool. And that actually kind of touches on my final question. So you guys have come so far and we're seeing innovation after innovation kind of every year. Is, um, is there some ultimate goal or where do you think you're going to go next? What's next for, for Vue 6? So, uh, you know, ultralight is definitely something which we're, you know, really keen to push and, and there'll be, you know, a lot of development around that with the whole um, fashion focus and accessory focus. Um, we've got some other products. We, you know, recently launched the M400C, uh, which is a stripped back version of the M400 and, and operates very much as an accessory to existing uh, infrastructure that, people, that, that companies might have invested in. So I think, you know, we... We do the standalone stuff very, very well, but I think we are starting to try and bring out more form factors that are less, um, you know, kind of obvious that you're wearing smart glasses or kind of less intrusive uh, and more acceptable, I guess, um, such as the shield, such as the ultralight. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that, that's definitely where we're trying to move to. There will always be a place for those other products for the more you know, enterprise only devices. But, you know, as we've seen with everything, consume, uh, e you know, even enterprise customers are consumers in some kind of capacity. And as they start to see shiny, nice things in the consumer space, they start to want to see a bit more of that in the enterprise space as well. Um, so I think, yeah, that, that's probably where a lot of what we'll be doing, what we're doing will be going. Nice. Thank you. And finally, if listeners want to know more or get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? So obviously, looking at Vuzix's website is a, an absolute hive of information. There's tons of videos on there, loads of, of really, really cool stuff about what we're doing and really interesting things about our products. And they can also people can contact us through the website as well. Um, I'm on LinkedIn, so people can feel free to, to find me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, that's... Uh, there's a picture of me, so it's I'm, I'm easy to spot. Um, but yeah, you know, I think it's we we release a lot of information. We post a lot on LinkedIn. Um, there's press releases galore on our website. So you know, definitely sign up to the sign up to our, our press release or our newsletters and and see what's coming next. Thank you so much, Jonathan. It's been a pleasure. Likewise, Amelia. And thank you all so much for listening or watching. 
wherever you are. And do stay tuned for next month where we will be recording live from ISE 2023. Thank you and take care.